talked about producing content that involves an emotional story. So you had mentioned that video is a powerful tool that can involve an emotional story. So what do you see, how do you see us best serving you to tell some sort of emotional story or why is that important? So if somebody was listening to this and they're like, well, why should I even do a video? I feel it is, you excite all the, sense, the senses. And I, the old saying in the, in the business back in the way, long time ago, the wedding days, if they cry, they buy. So when I showed in a very passionate, emotional video, they're not watching video anymore. They're looking at a love story and they're getting pulled in from it and they're getting emotional about it. And they're like, I don't care what this costs. That is awesome. It's like a, like a, almost like a mini movie. Mm -hmm. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I think that's a huge thing, but I think also with social media, like we were talking about, attention spans are very short these days for the consumer. So I think if you have an eye-catching video that takes all the work out of it for them, they don't really have to be reading through an article, doing their own research, they come across a video that's even 30 seconds that explains your product and nails it and has that response. And I mean, maybe there's the option to click and watch the full video on, on YouTube or another platform or even on your own website, funneling people back. Um, I think that that's super, super important. I think video is the best way to communicate that right now. Um, and whether it's video that involves audio or video that is just communicating it with no sound, because a lot of people like what they call work safe videos where, you know, if you're scrolling through your phone while you're at work, it's not going to play obnoxious music or anything. <laughs> you know, you can kind of be discreet about it. Shop I've online never heard that desk. terminology before. You just think of, you know, you're sort of like, oh, I'm just I'm in my cubicle and I'm like, I'm, you know, you just want to maybe after your lunch and all of a sudden the music comes blasting through. So they're called work safe. Work safe. Yeah. Videos. Okay, interesting. Not to be confused with not safe for work. Yeah. <laughs> no. Totally different make, thing. Please don't make those videos. Yeah. Um, but I definitely agree with Corbett and also in a market that's so saturated nowadays, you know, for every, um, you know, for every business, there's probably 10 more competing for the same client. And if you can have a video that sets you apart from your competitors or you have a video that explains your concept and what you do, I think it's a lot easier, like Corbett said, than scrolling through an article like I'm coming down to Naples and I say best restaurant in Naples. You know, this is me attending a restaurant eight weeks out from now. Um, <laughs> but I'll go online and, you know, if I can find a quick video of the chef talking about, you know, what makes their food better than anyone else's and I can see a video of the atmosphere of the restaurant, I'm more likely to go there than to go to some other place that maybe just has a, you know, website that hasn't been updated since 2003. So you're branding so. people's personalities, you're branding right. their, their product. Why is it important, and maybe you may think it's not important, but why is it important to have a quality video? Why would you, you know, as you, you both experience mm -hmm. trying to produce a video on your own, and it's, it's a massive task, yes. and you as studio owners, as a creative owner, you'd rather, probably most likely, hire a professional to do it because your time is probably best mm -hmm. served working on your business instead of in your business. Right. So tell me, tell me a little bit about that. I think going back to how we even started this conversation for Corbett and I with our company, the biggest thing that we always try to deliver on is, you know, quality content, luxury content. I don't care if it's a photo of, you know, a piece of food or it's a video of a piece of food or it's a description of a piece of food. Like everything that we do is very high end and the highest quality possible. And I think when a consumer sees that a company has put money and time and effort into something that they're putting in front of you, they respect that and they almost look at it 
as though, you know, that person really cares. A bigger so value. a bigger value. And so it's, you know, did you even take the time to update your website? Did you take the time to, you know, create a video and put a little bit more money behind it and a little bit more time and energy and effort? Or do you not care about me as a customer that you're just going to, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on this podcast, but half-ass something and, um, you know, people recognize that and they'll know the difference between two videos. And I mean, where Corbett and I are coming from, obviously there there was a lot of love and energy that went into our commercial, (laughs) but you know, for us, you know, even for our clients, we say, yes, we can offer you video, but being who we are and being the respect that your clients deserve, we want to offer you the best possible video. And sometimes that doesn't come from ourselves and that's okay. It comes from someone like you who's an expert in your field. And I think putting um, that time and that energy and that money, and it's not always a huge budget, you know, you can do things on a really low budget. Um, but just putting in the effort and the energy and having the care and having the respect for your consumer that you're going to put content in front of them that's high-end versus something you just whip together and checked it off your to-do list. Right. And then just bringing that, everything we just said to the present, like super, super present right now, uh, Ginger and I have been talking a lot about how coronavirus is going to be impacting businesses. I mean, even when this is all over, how things are going to be moving forward. And we think that, I mean, there's just going to be a huge amount of things like grocery deliveries, food deliveries that are just becoming the norm um, and being something that companies are going to be really investing heavily in. And video is a huge part of that. If somebody can go to your website and see your story, um, see your product without even having to go in and touch and feel it right there and ask all those questions, if your video answers those questions and makes them feel something, then that's going to be huge for those companies. I mean, especially right now. So um, this is a question that's a little bit off track here. Without naming names, tell me who your worst client was and why you do not do business with them any longer. And you don't have to name the names, but just like, Frank, back, there's there's one client that we had. Is there any stories like that? Are they all amazing? Well, luckily we haven't had any bad experiences, but I do have to say we have seen a couple instances where somebody's Mm -hmm. working with somebody and it can be really unprofessional. We've seen somebody, we've seen a few (laughs) screaming matches, honestly, which is not anything near what we want to be doing and not anything that we would ever think of. Um, And that's just been something that's really been a learning experience for us. I mean, we have been super, super lucky with all our clients here that, I mean, everything's worked out great and we've been learning a lot definitely throughout the process. But I mean, I I think Ginger's thinking the same one I am. There's especially one time Mm -hmm. where... I think Corbett and I were both having an interior like panic because neither of us are confrontational people. I mean, we both show up. I feel like you know, we'll say what we need to say, but we'll always deliver in a very professional manner. And so when there's something going on in a professional setting that's unprofessional, we both get like a little panicky. And I think both of our faces were like white and our mouths were dry. And these two, it was a client of ours who's wonderful. And then the person that they had been working with in the past. And I think there was a miscommunication between them. And they just kind of got after it. And Corbin, I really stepped away from that and said, we never want to be ever like that with our clients you because learn you know you experience. learn you learn from it um and i also think that you know we as business owners and also as like we said being in the creative space you definitely have a relationship with your client and so if we have that gut feeling even in an initial meeting with someone we won't move forward with them i mean we've had people say we'll pay you upfront x y and z amount of money and um 
you know, it could be a huge sum of money and we'll point blank say no thank you. Yeah, if we've we don't if we have that point. yeah, we've turned people down if we have that gut feeling that, you know, I just don't think our values line, I don't think our relationship's gonna mesh. And initially you're like, Oh my god, I can't believe we did that. That's not good for the bottom line. But in the long run we always look back on this situation and we say, I am so happy we are not working it's with a that huge person. Sigh of relief. I mean sometimes <laughs> we turn to each other and we're like, Aren't you glad right now that we did not accept <laughs> that person, whoever it was three months ago, because then, you know, some, something better yeah. comes up or something that we're more passionate about comes you know, up. I have so much respect for that because this is a very tough business to be in mm-hmm. with all business. It's very competitive. And sometimes when things, when, when money's not flowing through the door, you take anything. Right. But when you take that job, there's so much regret in the long run where you're, you just think it was just, it was just a lot of negative energy and, and mm-hmm. uh, the client doesn't seem to be ever happy. And it's just, right. it's just, it's not worth it. For any amount of money. So what's interesting is, is that from what I'm, the vibe that I'm getting, you're absolutely not money driven. No. You are passionate about what you do and you're driven by the end result and how the client is getting value out of what you're delivering, whether it's a website or a video production or market, any kind of marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. I mean, it's just... We're absolutely shocked sometimes. You know, being in our first year of business, we were like, let's just see how this goes when it comes to financials, when it comes to accounting. I mean, we have an absolutely wonderful accountant locally here in Naples who has really been, you know, like a financial mentor to us throughout this experience. And, you know, we kind of said we're just going to go. We're going to, you know, see what prices work and see what prices don't. And let's not even think about money at the end of the day. Let's just see how this first year goes. And I think we had like a financial check-in last month because we were running our taxes and we were like, oh my God, like we actually made, like we made a good amount of money. And we were like, who knew? Like, but it's not something that we're focused on on a daily basis. You know, how much is this going to make us, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think, you know, where you are passionate and like, you know, the money always follows. So, so what I no- noticed is that um, some every project is not 100% perfect. There's always challenges along the way. Mm-hmm. And what I learned over the years with my team is providing a positive customer experience. So having the client mm-hmm. understand every step of the way what you're doing, why you're doing it, the value that you're providing. When it becomes a mystery and they can't get a hold of you is when well, I thought this, and I thought you were going to... So it's it's the transparency, and it's that providing the value mm-hmm. that will keep really good clients and have them come back continuously. Even, even when it's negative, I think something that we've been working on for one of our clients is um, they were dealing with people leaving negative reviews on Google, and it was maybe only one Very or two. Because the internet's one big right. giant report And it card. was only one or two negative reviews, but you know we saw the impact of people going online and seeing that. And you know it's not that they don't deliver a great product. It's not that they don't deliver a great service because they do. And for those two negative reviews, we have a hundred others that are saying, you know, this is the best experience I've ever had, and they're all very positive. And you know it was it was tough to say to them you know, we have to face this. And this is a very real problem. You can't and hide it. We can't hide it, and that's okay, because thank goodness, you know, we're working with you because we know that you have a great product and you have a great team. And so that's not the issue. But the issue at hand is how do we get those positive reviews in front of the people that are going to become your clients? And that's an uncomfortable thing to say to someone is, hey, you know, I got to be honest, I don't know if you've seen this, but you've got some negative reviews. You know, because... That doesn't feel good. I mean, anytime you have a business that's your own, you take everything a little bit personally. And I take it very personally. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a very emotional person because we're in a, in a business that 
it involves emotions and yeah. you're passionate about. So it's it gets to you. It yeah. gets to you if there's a negative review. But I think rather than, you know, just saying, okay, like, we don't want to upset them. Let's just sweep that under the rug. You have that conversation, then you create a strategy and you, you know, handle what is needed. But um, I think clients appreciate that. They appreciate the honesty. We appreciate the honesty when someone says, like, hey, I didn't like what you did or, like, we got to change this, you know. We always say to people, we don't take it personally because – you know, you can't really at the end of the day, you know, it's a growing experience, it's a learning experience and every client has their wishes. So mm-hmm. and we, try we always to try adapt. to remain super reachable. I mean, we always yeah. tell our clients, text us, call us, email yeah. us. I mean, wh- whatever, whatever time it is, we're, we're not going to be somebody who locks the office up at 5 p.m. every night and won't talk to you until 9.30. No yeah. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, some may say like, that's not a, great long-term strategy to just be reachable 24 7 but I mean we're we're starting out we're in the we're in the first year of our business still mm-hmm. and um, it's something that's really important to us and it's been a great value differentiator for us because in this environment here in Naples it is a little bit old school it is a little bit like nine to five and so if we can make ourselves available in those extra mm-hmm. hours and be there for those clients um, outside of their regular business hours when they're sitting down to get those things done um, then I think that's been really valuable for us and hopefully really helpful to them. When I first got started, I buckled down and disowned almost all of my friends, unfortunately, for five years. For five solid years, I knew what I wanted to do, but I also knew that I had to get rid of distractions. I have to mm-hmm. really think clearly, what is my goal? Where do I want to be in the next five years? And it took that intense discipline to be able to get to that point and part of my availability was for the client side that I was always available 24-7 and as technology look when I grew up we had um, to communicate we had like two Dixie cups and like a piece of thread can you hear me you know and etch a sketch you know almost back in the caveman days but the bottom line was is that as technology moved forward I let my client base know that I am reachable, that I'm accessible when they have questions. And so that that has helped me build a strong foundation of my clients now. So am I worried that I'm going to lose clients? We have clients who are like, hey, we're just putting this on standby because I had a job coming up. I had to record 27 infertility doctors. And they said, you know, the project went from huge to, oh, my God, into like, we got to postpone this. And so, um, so I built those relationships. And opened up those, in a sense, that line of communication where my phone, a lot of people like socially don't enjoy being with me because I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to pick up this line. And so there are times where I turn my phone off mm-hmm. and you always get that weird feeling of like, should my phone be back on? Should I? But oh, yeah. I'm, I'm very focused, honestly, first on my client base and then my social life. So you're both young and I'm sure you're, you have a social life and how do you... How do you separate? Right? Like, Maybe not. No. Right. no. I, think, right. I think, you know, starting a business and choosing the career path that we've taken, it always comes at a cost. Um, it doesn't feel like a cost because we love what we do and we kind of knew that was going to happen going into it. And luckily we have each other. And I we mean, have each other. We're best I mean, friends in real life, so. Yeah, so it works, you know. Yeah. You, were very, you were very brave to go out on your own because that is it hard. It was it's, not the norm. Back yeah. then it was – there. They, the, the teachers looked at me and were like, are you out of your mind? What do you want to do? And I knew exactly what I want yeah. to do. But I also knew what I didn't want to do. You know, mm-hmm. I would watch corporate America. I watched my dad go off to uh, New York City 
and come back making crazy money, but not really being able to enjoy his life, which has, which has led me here to this condo in Naples. We are in a condo in Naples. Yep. I look out the backyard. We're looking it looks at like, water. It's like paradise. It's, it's like, it's like a, 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 a postcard. So my dad, through his life, worked crazy hours and really worked hard and saved his money and just didn't really, I yeah. don't think he really enjoyed um, the fruits of his labor. So yeah. all of a sudden, my father passes away. My mother goes, hey, look, at, you know we have this condo down in Florida. What do you want to do? And I'm like, okay, let me go check it out. So two <laughs> years ago, I bring my son down here. and My son goes, dad. I think you should turn this into your bachelor pad. Yeah. <laughs> so I it's like a beautiful condo here. So um, the bottom line is, is that you have to enjoy your life now mm -hmm. and you have to be able to have that, that balance between work and, and play. Yeah. And, and what's, I think what's different about the three of us is that we love what we do. We're passionate about what we do. Is it ever work? No, it's challenges. It's, it's a journey. Each project is a unique journey and at the end of the journey you're like holy crap i get paid for this this is too cool like <laughs> mm -hmm. how did that happen so you have a happy client most of the time mm -hmm. you have a paycheck in the bank and you have your self-worth and then as as it's it's sometimes you pinch yourself going wow am i really working this cool job like this this is amazing where mm -hmm. other people have to go to a, a place and work nine to five or even beyond nine to five mm -hmm. and I've talked to a lot of those people and they're like yeah I wish I should have could have would have and I'm like dude the time to do it is now yeah. start on your own business work no, for yourself never now great. with this virus thing I think a lot of people are gonna reinvent themselves when I was a kid I already figured it out so mm -hmm. and as you two have done the same you come out of college and you start your mm -hmm. instantly start your your own business you didn't you didn't work for, in a sense, no, the, the big think, corporation. Yeah, and I think the difference between us and, you know, not assuming everyone, but a lot of other people our age, when they graduated college, they went into their first job. Whereas something that Corbett and I connected on was throughout all of college, we worked. I mean, we worked every year of college, you know, whether it was a part-time <laughs> job or like a silly job or, you know, it was, but we kind of always had that drive, even though we were, you know, we weren't, like, paying our way through school necessarily. At least I didn't. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Um, you know, we still, even though we didn't necessarily need the money, we wanted the experience. And we wanted, you know, we did tons of unpaid internships. Oh, yeah. We did crazy things that we were like, I can't believe that I'm doing this right now and I'm not getting paid for it. Was there it. any regrets? Were you like, what am no. I doing? I should be out partying. I wanted the spring break and this no, and that. No, we had plenty of that, too. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we, got a, we got a good mix. Yeah. Um, okay. We had an awesome like, friend group. Yeah. Really fun. Yeah. And I think like at the end of those four years, we had already had so many experiences like the unpaid internship. I worked a corporate internship where I was in an office every day from nine to five and I hated it. Um, you know, creative jobs. I worked in retail. I was a nanny, like random things, but always saying yes to those new each job opportunities and they were all learning experiences so by mm -hmm. the end of it we really did say like okay well now i know what i don't want to do what from all I of those that i way. like yeah. can i create from and that? it was it's so interesting that you say that because yeah even from like those random little things i mean we both did internships that were 
yes, unpaid, but more related to marketing. And then yeah. we had these little sort of side jobs where it may not, I mean, I worked at SoulCycle in Dallas and not as an instructor, but uh, I worked there and that uh, SoulCycle has such a strong brand. And I think that's something that really stuck with me because you, I mean, we would go and change the tissue box and if it wasn't the right color for corporate, then like you got to change it. It was just down to everything mm-hmm. was so dedicated to the brand. I mean, down to the candle they were burning in the studio. It had to be the same candle in every studio. It had to smell the same in every one. It was very interesting. What lessons did that teach you? It just kind of taught me about even being organized when we go in to talk with a client about branding. I mean, thinking thinking big. I mean, you're not, with right. some clients, they're very local, but with some, you have to kind of think bigger, think about how you can be scaling, always look at the bigger picture. And then also, I mean, even down to things like sending a professional email. That was something I learned at that mm-hmm. job. We would always send the daily wrap up to corporate and it had to be perfect. And you had to go through the system and count the cash and all that stuff and put it all in an email. And it's even those little things where each each little moment you learn, I mean, learning how to CC someone on an email, all those things are things that we use all the time. So, <laughs> so which leads me to this question. What have you learned in the past two years that you wish you knew when you started? I think I... I- <laughs> I think just uh, just be confident in yourself yeah. and not necessarily fake it till you make it. But I mean, there's there's a certain element of fake it till you make it in whatever you do, I feel like. And um, it's more like fake it till you make it, but They're back yourself up that, yeah. too. I mean, have those skills, have those tools, but it's okay to take that tiny little leap and um, go for the thing that you may mm-hmm. not necessarily go for um, right away. I, I think just having confidence in yourself is something that translates to other people too. I think that's what translates when we go into a meeting with a client and we say, I mean, yes, we've had successes with past clients before. This helps build our confidence. But I mean, also we're a new company, so we kind of have to have a little bit of that from within where we're Mm -hmm. having that company get on board and trust us, even though we haven't been in business for 40 years. So I think that was something that I wish we would have been really, I mean, we were pretty strong with it right off the bat, but something we're always working on. The two of us. Yeah. So the, there were some things um, that you wanted to speak about. Um, you had, when I asked you to do this podcast, you're like, hey, we came up with some questions for ourselves. So <laughs> what are those questions? Well, one thing that we have been just talking about so much is the virus, obviously. So that's something where this is so interesting to me. I think that people can either take this kind of one of two ways. I think there is a lot of you know panic happening a lot of you know things are getting kind of stagnant in certain areas but there's also a lot of money to be made and a lot of growth that can happen during this time um i mean even i think this is so funny i was on instagram this morning tapping through stories and i have a friend who he started selling these hats and they're they're black baseball caps and on the front is a little tiny toilet paper emoji it looks like it's a little toilet paper uh, patch on the back it says 2020 and his story said only 25,000 left and I went to his website that was in his bio and he was selling these hats for 25 bucks and I'm like this guy is probably making a fortune off of this yeah. and that's just being creative that's capitalizing on something that's happening um you know a little bright spot for some people from who a might negative be. to a positive yeah, yeah um and that's just so interesting it's so creative and um I just think it's going to be also interesting how this shapes the landscape going forward. I mean, even if you think about something like 9-11, 
everything changed after that. There are so many things that were, I mean, we were in preschool at the time, but um, there are so many things that were not the norm that became the norm right. after that. And so it'll be really interesting to see what industries really emerge and come forth and what kind of becomes our new normal after this. So the mayhem part of this podcast is this virus that's kind of moving through and it's how you react to it and what you do to it. Let me ask you a question. What's the whole thing with the toilet paper thing? <laughs> I mean, it, it I seems gonna... ridiculous. It just doesn't seem normal. Like, you know, like so, somehow they're going to wrap their house in the toilet paper and it's going I, I, <laughs> to... Corbin and I were talking about it and I was like, who was the one who somehow set this in motion to create this panic over toilet paper? Because even if you're quarantining Could it be your... the brand? That's what I was saying. I was like, right? is, is this Charmin? Did Charmin create this panic? <laughs> right. Big toilet paper is <laughs> I don't know. Toilet um, paper scandal. Yeah, seriously. I like, but then I, I'm not one to panic, and I was like, well, do I have enough? And I was like, okay, yes. Like, I, I you don't go through like one roll in two weeks, people. Like, oh, seriously. If like, if you're going through 24 rolls of toilet paper and more, like, you have other problems that you need to be worried about than the virus. <laughs> the virus is, you know, respiratory. People, relax. But it's definitely <laughs> interesting though, because I think social media has really taken a grip oh on this gosh, virus yeah. thing and. Whenever I go on Instagram, every meme, every if I go on Twitter, every tweet, All related to. something yeah. about it, whether it's more serious or more just joking, trying to kind of lighten the mood, everything is about it. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, what did we even talk about before the virus? I was like, I don't even remember. <laughs> True. That. So it's really interesting. So I think um, it's, it's cool to see on social media how people are reacting, but I mean, it could also be taken a little too far. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's too hard to say at this point whether, you know, what's going to pan out. But, I mm-hmm. mean, we can hope for the best. Absolutely. So, again, you had you had formulated some questions um, for yourself. Did we cover everything? I think we did. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we wanted to talk about, you know, marketing in us, like local community, the importance of using social media to represent a brand. Which we covered, yeah. Which we covered. I mm-hmm. think we got everything. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the tools that you use. So I, I think like TikTok is relatively new. Mm-hmm. It's new to me, that's for sure. So you know, the only TikTok I remember is my grandfather's clock on TikTok. So what do you know about it? How do you use it? Do you implement it? Do you you pay attention to it? Is it important? Ginger's laughing right now because. I got on TikTok a couple months ago just to kind of see what it was about, and I would find myself scrolling on there for was hours so it's at very a time. Addictive. It is very addictive, and the only way you can really know what it is, because I mean, when I first, before I got on it, I saw an article, and I think it was Business of Fashion or something like that, and it was like how TikTok is the next social media platform, and I was like, this is crazy, all these young kids doing TikTok, and then I was like, wait a second, you need to adapt to get on TikTok, figure it out. You don't have to use it yet as a tool, but uh, just figure it out. And I mean, really, the only way that you can get what TikTok is is to just go on it. I mean, I've, I've tried to explain to Ginger. I'll be like, I saw this funny TikTok. And it's like when you try and explain, a, you know, you had to be their story to somebody and they're like, yeah. it's not that funny. They just don't. Yeah. Don't yeah. Um, but it's, it's really interesting because I think TikTok is like the Wild West right now. It's interesting in seeing how it's going to be used for brands. I'm kind of seeing a little bit of. Uh, brands using it to promote and things like that. <coughs> oh no! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> Run for the hills! No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but mostly, it's just very un- 
it's content that's not very uh, produced. That was Corbett, by the way. A little, little cough there. So <laughs> little cough. Okay. We're not here by the time yeah. that this podcast airs. Oh, you know, that's silly. That's you know silly. who infected us. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it, it's, it's but this not... this is the best conversation I've ever had. <laughs> it's so cool. If I can leave you guys with my one final thought before I slip away from the virus. No, um, TikTok, it's, it's not very produced content. I think it's uh, very off the cuff, and it's something that people look at and they trust that it's not this ultra produced content that you're seeing on Instagram sometimes where you'll see an influencer who has millions of followers and they're putting something together and they're like, oh, this is just to to sell me this product. I don't know mm-hmm. why I even trust this person. TikTok has become a very fun outlet. I think it's very usable for brands eventually. I think it's something that may not work for every brand right, right. now. Maybe not with some of our more local Naples clients. I don't know if I really see us implementing yeah. that with a lot of them, but uh, it's just something that is definitely changing and evolving and something where if brands can get in and be a couple of the first brands um, to hop in on the, the trend, then that could be really great for them. One area I really do see success for marketing in uh, in terms of TikTok is um, artists, like, um, like uh, singers, um, musicians, things like that. Because the viral aspect of TikTok has a lot to do with the different audios that are used. So you'll see somebody doing a, a viral dance where they use the same song over and over, but it's different people doing the dance. Um, TikTok is kind of set up where anyone can go viral technically. Um, that's like a huge thing for them. And so if you can have a song um, that goes viral, then suddenly everyone's listening to your music and paying attention to you. So it's a great marketing yeah. tool for so there's no musicians. More, as you, there's no more gatekeepers. You don't have to ask permission. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, in a sense, um, wish and hope. You have these incredible, powerful tools to instantly communicate your unique message. Yeah. So I know this podcast is called Video Marketing and Mayhem, and we've been talking about almost everything else other than video production. <laughs> so <clears throat> where do you see, uh, so reel it back in, um, we may have covered this, but let's talk about getting back to video production. How do you see yourselves implementing video productions, video production moving forward? Are you going to be doing it yourself? Are you going to mm-hmm. be outsourcing it? Are you going to be educating your clients on the powerfulness of the visual and the the, the and the, the the audible the the narration the music <laughs> the the storyline yeah i think we'll be um definitely taking more steps than and we if are. you're not that's okay <laughs> <laughs> no i i think we'll uh we'll be we'll be the ones definitely to try and emphasize to those clients this mm-hmm. is really important this is something you should be doing but i think also we're at a point where like we're saying it's just the two of us we're trying to grow our business and i think the most prudent decision for us business-wise is to go ahead and outsource our video production to somebody like you who really, really knows what they're doing and can deliver hey, on I our try. vision. I try. <laughs> yeah. And so I think we'll probably be turning to outsourcing in terms of that. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree that, um, you know, every client should and can utilize video content, whether it's an Instagram story, a very organic right. so Instagram these, walkthrough. There's right. that you could use it on. There's so many different ways to use it. And I think for our current client base, you know, a professional, well-produced video is much more valuable to them. But that's not to say that for anyone in the business world or even in, you know, if you're just trying to create a personal brand, like just util- utilize video and, um, you know, use it in every way that you can, whether it's TikTok or it's Instagram or it's Facebook or YouTube or you know, anything else. 
Yeah, I think we're kind of in a world right now where there's so many products, there's so many choices, mm-hmm. there's so much going on where people sometimes get overwhelmed by all the choices they have. So, yeah. I mean, even if I can just see a quick 30 second or less video that's beautifully produced and, value. Yeah, and, value. and tells the story of the product and makes it easy for me to make that decision, I think that's a game changer for um, a lot of brands. So I, I think that's huge. And I think that's something that we definitely want to emphasize to our clients going forward. So is there anything else that you'd like to cover that you have thought about for this podcast? Anything that comes to your mind? Well, um, so we started our own business, obviously, you know, a year ago. Um, but you've started your own business a couple of years ago. So a year and a half ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what would you just looking back tell yourself when you were at the point that we are in our business? So I'm interviewing you and now you're interviewing me, which yeah. is interesting. So yeah. the question again is... <laughs> so when you were a year into your business, now I guess looking when you were back, at the point building your team, like, you know, even on this podcast, we got a chance to talk to two of your team members. Right. You're building your team. You know, how did you go so about... I have so many things to tell you. you know, <laughs> Give us your main, your main <laughs> highlight. Yes, um, your top is, piece of advice. <laughs> um, you, you did something that I didn't do. And that was I passionately got into it. And I was like, shit, I'll just figure this out, you know, as I go, Mm -hmm. which was a big regret because the business side could kick your ass. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is, is that you have to have that foundation. You have to have your taxes figured out, your accounting, your, 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 you know, one month plan, your half a year plan. And I had my passionate plan of like, I'm not going to work for the man. I'm just going to make these videos. Everything's going to be fine. So if I was to look back, I would have spent more time on the business side Mm -hmm. than on the creative side. And I think the other, th- the valuable lesson is you have to, you hear it all the time, but a lot of people just don't do it. You have to surround yourself with people that are going to be an asset and then instead of an ass. And what I mean by that is there's a lot I of, like that. there's yeah. a lot of hanger honors, a lot of people like, as soon as somebody sees your success, they want to latch on to you and learn as what they can. So are they, are they just trying to learn from you and move on or are they trying to build a team with you? and challenge you you're challenging each other you're learning as you move up and i think having the right team is critical because when somebody Mm -hmm. hires us once they realize that i'm you know not just that one guy called the filmmaker so i (laughs) know i don't have a man bun and uh, i could go on and on and on the bottom line is is that i um i'm not a one and done guy i am somebody that represents a team of very well-educated professionals that are passionate about what we do. So I have shooters, I have editors, I have graphic Mm -hmm. designers, I have um, voiceover people, I have people that score music. So so when somebody wants to produce a high-end video, I'm bringing the whole orchestra Mm -hmm. with me. Yes, it's gonna cost more, but the music is sweet. I love that. (laughs) Cool, very cool, I like that. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, Um, thank you. This was so fun. I mean, we could talk for hours. Yeah. (laughs) We're like BFF, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, and trust me, I'm like three times their age, folks. But we're getting along really well, and we have the same vision. I think that's what works here. And um, I'm looking forward to to my team being a part of your team and moving forward. And so any any last words about um, what the future is going to look like? As, as as we speak now, they're implementing curfews, they're shutting down schools. My son's now home from school, and I think 
most of the world is kind of hunkered down. Is there any? Yeah, yeah just because, I mean, things are closing down and uh, things like that are happening, you it's not the time to be paralyzed. It's a time to really be creative, think, strategize. Like I said earlier, reinvent. There, yes, reinvent. Yeah. There's There's a lot of business to be done in this time. A lot of things are changing. That doesn't mean things are going to go into full lockdown mode for everything. That means you can, I mean, really like look into what you think is going to happen in the future. Look at, keep reading, learning, growing, doing things like that. Um, paying attention to the world around you and kind of trying to anticipate what those next steps are going to be. But I mean, also this time it's kind of a, I mean, there's a whole social distancing thing going on. Take some time to talk to your friends, family, whether it's on FaceTime or the phone. I mean, that extra 10 minutes can kind of brighten up your day a little bit. And those things are still important to remember. So too. you're optimistic. You look at this as an opportunity instead of um, a crisis. Yeah, sense. you have yeah, to be. Don't panic, people. Yeah. Just be smart. Be responsible. Support your local communities. Take this time. If you've ever been hesitant about using Amazon or using a food service, take this as your time some to give advice. it a try. And don't be afraid. Yeah. So, uh, how do we get in touch with you? How do, if somebody's listening to this, if mm -hmm. of course they are going to be listening to this, because this is incredible. <laughs> how does somebody get in touch with you? And if they wanted to hire you, um, tell us a little bit about your your company, where you're located, and your contact information. Head to our website. It's wavenaples.com. And uh, our business name is Wave Creative, but we're based in Naples, Florida. So to find us, you know, our website's Wave Naples, our Instagram is Wave Naples, our Facebook is Wave Naples. Um, and feel free to give us a call, shoot us an email so you can ask Frank. We'll probably reply and we'll probably set something up. We'll set up a FaceTime because we won't be meeting you in person. <laughs> and, and subscribe <laughs> to our weekly newsletter because yeah. that's where we, I mean, especially if you're local to the Naples area, or thinking about visiting. It's not a bad place to be I, quarantined. I, 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 lo I love re reading that <laughs> newsletter. I got a lot of information out of it. It was good. Yeah. And what I what I enjoy going to your website is it's clean, it's fresh, it's, it's consistent. Um, it's uh, And that's what uh, led me to reading the newsletter. You know, so again, I, I me personally, I look forward to getting it. It's cool. Awesome. We look yeah. forward to writing it. It's fun. Yeah. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for listening. Thank you. That wraps up. Video Marketing and Mayhem.